As a part of our regional outreach at AIM Chronicle, we move far east in this episode of AIM Infocast to the shores of the land of the rising sun. Japan has been a global technology leader in all aspects. Albeit, the journey of additive manufacturing in Japan is a little different. However, things are changing fast and to understand the current and future trends of additive manufacturing in Japan, we connect with Rushik Matroja, CEO of Cognitive Design Systems, for an interesting conversation. Rushik brings with him extensive experience of working in the AM space in Japan, having worked on 100 plus engineering projects in this domain. Let us tune in to see how the adoption of AM is rising in Japan. Hello Rushik, uh, great to have you on AM in Focus today. Hey Aditya, thank you very much for hosting me. It's nice to be here. Yes, so you know, we, uh, I felt your profile is really interesting and you know, you've been associated with organizations adopting uh, additive manufacturing in Japan and you know, now you're uh, based in France. So can you share some insights about your additive manufacturing journey uh, while you were in Japan and to the current uh, scenario? Sure. Let me start like where I got introduced to the additive manufacturing, first of all. I started my additive manufacturing journey uh, uh, right in the engineering school in France, basically. I graduated from uh, a school, engineering school called uh, ISMOS, based in Le Mans. And uh, one of our director was uh, Alain Lumiote, uh, also known as uh, the father of 3D printing. He was one of the first to file the patent for uh, uh, stereolithography uh, before Chuckpel. But of course, we know that now Chuckpel is the, the main, he, he gets all the credit for what he did with the 3D system. So he was one of the director. And so we had some lessons already. We had some introduction to the uh, added manufacturing from the beginning. And then I moved to, to Japan in 2015 and while working for uh, Sumitomo Electrics uh, as design engineer, I was using additive manufacturing or 3D printing for prototyping purposes uh, very, very frequently. Um, and this uh, grew uh, my interest even furthermore when I started using uh, freeform design and and generative design, uh, well, that was the only option for the manufacturing was the additive manufacturing. Then I moved to a company called Prisma Japan. It's a subsidiary of uh, Yamaichi Special Steel, but also a partner of uh, Prisma in France at that time. And uh, during my work at uh, Prisma Japan, I did more than 100 different uh, engineering projects in uh, various industries. It goes from automotive industry, aerospace industry, medical industry, medical device industry specifically, or even as niche as a, as a the food industry or or some uh, consumer products. Approximately fifty percent of my tasks were related with the automotive industry, but this uh, diversity of uh, of uh, working in different industries uh, for manufacturing helped me to to better understand the, the whole. A whole scenario of uh, additive manufacturing, different processes, different uh, technologies, and uh, the challenges which comes with it. I think, yeah, that 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 makes me that made me aware of uh, potential, can I say, business model uh, that I can create out of it. 
and uh, bring uh, or streamline the additive manufacturing technology. So uh, connect the the dots between the between the design and the manufacturing, and not having uh, many uh, workarounds to do or uh, cycles, design cycles to do. Um, and for that, uh, I start I, I started my my company called Cognitive Design Systems in France, based in Toulouse, south of France. And uh, now we are much more focused on uh, bringing a software which would be enabling uh, engineers and designers to adopt uh, various different uh, additive manufacturing technologies uh, in their workflow. Yeah, that's great. And having spent a lot of your years in Japan, uh, how would you say that, that 3D printing has evolved in Japan? And could you highlight a few unique points about the Japanese uh, AM market? Sure. Japan has always been a major industrial actor and the additive manufacturing itself uh, was developed in also in 19 end of 1980s uh, in Nagoya where I was based and uh, that that was also some key development at very early stage uh, which were happening but then Japan kind of uh, lose the, the 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 steam and uh, the the interest behind it currently there is a there is a a real, despite playing this significant role in early development of additive manufacturing technologies, there is a belief in Japan that uh, the country's uh, uh, industry has fallen behind in wider adoption of metal additive manufacturing specifically. So uh, there is a lot of catch-up being done right now and uh, uh, there is uh, involvement of, of uh, many big OEMs in automotive and aerospace industry uh, helping to, to create the, the, the growth. Uh, but also a very significant uh, role is played by uh, Ministry of uh, Economy, Trade and Industry, uh, METI, who is uh, bringing additive manufacturing to the SMEs because that's where uh, there is a there is a bottleneck, and uh, bringing the the right resources uh, to them and introducing them to additive manufacturing is uh, being done by by METI, and I really appreciate that their their work for that, even though. There is a lack of uh, that they, they've fallen behind uh, Germans and American uh, counterparts. There is a lot of, uh, there are many different players uh, who have come up with their systems uh, in uh, in last uh, decade. As we can we can see that DMG Mori, Matsura, uh, Sodic, Yamazaki, Mazak, or even Mitsubishi Electrics, they all have their own, own machines and uh, they are all coming from a conventional manufacturing, uh, uh, machine manufacturing. So for them, it's a kind of a natural to, to create this hybrid machines or, uh, or uh, kind of like a factory unit where you have uh, all different processes uh, working together in the most autonomous manner possible. Um, so the whole, how can I say, the, the industry has uh, uh, got a, a revival boost and um, uh, this sense of uh, uh, losing behind have uh, created a, a lot of uh, attention towards it. And uh, this has uh, helped uh, additive manufacturing uh, to, to grow little by little in, 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 the, in various fields. Japan remains a, a real uh, cautious country. Like it, it always has this, it's, uh, uh, it always plays on the safe side. So once uh, they are sure about the, the technology would work out, uh, uh, they are very good at uh, at implementing the, the continuous uh, improvement process uh, on it. 
and uh, creating a very uh, sustainable and uh, performing machines. So I'm sure it's it's heading to the to the right direction now, and uh, hope that uh, it uh, uh, it continues in this uh, this direction. Yeah, that's a great uh, insight. How it's evolved, and you know how Japan's AM market is, and where they are really standing in the market. Right? But what are the key industries you would say which have adopted AM in Japan? And uh, would you be able to share a few successful cases or of industrialization or you know, any industries who are adopting? AM successfully? Yeah, I would suggest that a lot has been done by different OEMs in the automotive and aerospace industry to adopt uh, additive manufacturing. Of course, uh, Japan is not a big, uh, big mouth, so they, they don't show case their case studies that uh, easily. But uh, at some point, we have seen some case studies from Honda, uh, which has done with, uh, with, uh, with Autodesk. Um, it's, it's an impressive uh, task that they have done. Uh, but on, on my side, on, um, without sitting any, any, any names, uh, of, of the companies in space industry, a uh, lot has been, has, is being done, uh, right now by the, the, the major subcontractors in space industry. And they are, uh, uh, are bringing in not only adopting the technology, but also developing it in a way that uh, they have their own new materials uh, being developed. They have their own new alloys, which are being improved in a manner that they can uh, use it for their own purpose. And uh, a lot of uh, new metal AM machines have been uh, purchased. US has a, has a very big uh, part of, uh, in it. And uh, all this uh, uh, work in, in space industry is, uh, is uh, very promising. In automotive industry, it's, it's a little bit different scenario. Um, in automotive sports sector, additive manufacturing is being adopted uh, widely and it's, it's uh, going in, 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 in the right direction. But uh, in, in terms of the, the general application of, of uh, the mainstream automotive industry, additive manufacturing plays more a supportive role as uh, in the use use cases in the in the, the factories itself, having uh, these uh, jigs and tools uh, being created, jigs and tools being created uh, by the engineers uh, on the the shop floor. So that has been done recently. You have seen also uh, the, the there was the to Tokyo Olympics, and you have seen the that the, the podiums uh, were created in additive manufacturing. That's that's a, a real good showcase of additive manufacturing technology. This work has been done by an institute in, in Kyoto, and uh, uh, beautiful podiums were created uh, in polymer by Japanese uh, manufacturers, and and uh, uh, you can see it's it's a, it's, it's a really uh, great. Uh, way to, to showcase the, the, the additive manufacturing technology at, at the world stage. Other than that, uh, additive manufacturing is, uh, is, a, is a key component for the, the, the marine industry for the, and uh, a lot is being done to bring uh, additive manufacturing, manufacturing technology on board. So bringing it uh, directly on the, the, the vessel to, uh, to produce the, the parts uh, which are required or repair the parts. Which, uh, which can be repaired. So yeah, this is what I can say on the subject. Yeah, that's great. And you know, you earlier pro uh, you know, mentioned that Japan has picked up very early, but uh, you know, the, the growth or the 
speed was not uh, kept up throughout the years. It could be various reasons where it could be the economics of the technology or the process or the validation of whether the, uh, the parts can be as accurate or uh, other aspects. But what do you feel are the major gaps which need to be bridged or can be looked at for sustainable growth of AM in Japan? Because technology is 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 definitely not an issue with Japan. They are a technology leader in every aspect. So adoption of a new technology is not really difficult there. So what do you think is the impediment or, you know, how how, how can the gaps be bridged uh, in Japan? That's it's a very good question. How to, to bridge the, the, the gap? Um, so first of all, what's the gap actually and um, and where it comes from? So first of all, there is a there is a big misconception of additive manufacturing as being a prototyping technology and not being used uh, by the for, for the mainstream uh, manufacturing purposes. So um, that needs to be changed, and that can happen uh, only by the uh, bringing the, the the right knowledge about uh, uh, various technologies uh, to the to the end users and uh, show them the right applications. So. Japan is very much uh, at the listening point on what is happening around the world and how other major countries are using additive manufacturing and they are trying to get inspired by that and, and, and bringing that. So that work can be done, uh, work is being done and uh, can be done even more, I, I believe. Another gap is uh, in, at the, in the industry itself is the there is a lot of willingness of adopting additive manufacturing technology. but there is a question of what is the suitable part for it? What is the, the suitable technology in added manufacturing for it? And what would be the related cost and what would be the related uh, uh, lead time for manufacturing that part? To do this industrialization study, uh, it takes a lot of time. And uh, engineers currently are not trained for additive manufacturing. So they, they have their own uh, way of designing parts, which are maybe not suitable for it. And uh, bridge that gap is that uh, before bridging the gap, what happened is that uh, they usually try to, to manufacture parts which are not suitable for additive manufacturing, and it, it turns out to be very expensive, very very time-consuming process. Or uh, finally, uh, the parts are made sometimes not performant, not enough uh, performant as their their requirement is. So that is that is a, that this thing is happening and. And uh, to connect these dots uh, between them, we need to, to have solutions which can identify the, the right paths, uh, identify the, the right application, and uh, the right uh, uh, economic study out of it. Once we are able to, to do this in uh, the most uh, fast manner, uh, faster the adoption will, will happen. And once the adoption will happen at, a, at an OEM level, other companies, the tire one, tire two uh, companies, will start adopting uh, additive manufacturing uh, in a more general terms. Another thing about uh, about the bridging the gap is uh, that additive manufacturing uh, uh, is sometimes uh, connected with uh, metal additive manufacturing, but there are many other technologies in additive manufacturing that okay, how to produce parts. So each part can be produced in a different. Uh, manner and uh, it has to be designed differently to produce in different uh, manufacturing technology to bring the awareness about uh, polymer and ceramics uh, additive manufacturing and uh, what uh, is feasible with it is is the key and uh, this case studies and scenarios 
can only be done by uh, opening up uh, uh, on the applications that are being done by the OEM. So once they are, they will be more comfortable sharing this information to the industry. Uh, the industry will be able to adopt uh, in, a, in a better way edge manufacturing technology and uh, the entire one entire two companies can replicate the, the success of the OEMs at, at their label. That is really uh, insightful uh, information which taken it. It really gives us a good holistic picture of, of the market in Japan. You know, with this, uh, how would you describe you know, the future potential of 3D printing in Japan, according to you? Uh, good question. Well, the, it's um, it's more of a speculative question that I, I might be completely wrong and off the track for what I am believing in. In, in the in the future of 3D printing, but uh, what I have felt and what I can see from the past is that uh, once the, the the end users are being more comfortable with additive manufacturing technology, uh, the adoption will come uh, automatically. Automatically, and to for that purpose, uh, this would happen at beginning, you know, in the OEMs on the shop floors start creating uh, different tools that that is already being done, generalizing the use of additive manufacturing of 3D printers on the shop floors. And once that is done, the, the success uh, would be, would go to the, to the more production units. This production units can, will be able to, to produce in, in, a, in a better manner. Uh, and once the OEM is able to do that, the uh, following uh, company will, will follow. There is a strong potential of uh, growth in metal and polymer uh, additive manufacturing industry. I, I believe that uh, the, the future of uh, satellite manufacturing is uh, highly dependent on additive manufacturing. A lot of work is being done in that, that field, and uh, I'm sure uh, there would be a good application there. On In terms of uh, automotive industry, automotive industry is uh, adopting additive manufacturing on a very different way um, there is a lot of interest on the, the texturing uh, and the interior components of the cars. If we can produce this uh, in, a, in, a, in a more repetitive and in a fast, in a, you know, at a faster pace, I believe that uh, not in two three years, but at least in in a, in, in a five years time, we would be able to see some Japanese uh, manufactured cars with uh, interior components in made in additive manufacturing. Uh, not only uh, sports cars or very high-end cars. So that I believe it's it's going to happen for sure. Other thing in the future, uh, well, I'm I want to be optimistic, but then I can be completely off the track. But uh, the the construction industry that's that's a, that's a really good potential for the additive manufacturing, and and I hope that uh, that that picks up. Right now, it's it's not a big uh, Japan is not a big player, but uh, there is a lot of interest on in in that field, uh, and uh, a lot of queries has been uh, raised by uh, the major actors uh, of construction the construction industry uh, for that purpose. Another application that is uh, that has a lot of potential is uh, Japan is very much aware of its uh, its own uh, own heritage and preservation of of that heritage is a. Is a big deal creating the parts, which uh, parts uh, can I say pairing and manufacturing the replicas uh, of the of this heritage is a is a is a big industry where big, not a big industry but it's it's a big uh, opportunity where uh, uh, there is there is a growth potential. I think Japan as a poor industrial country 
it's just a question of time before the, the widespread adoption will, will come up. And that will happen with uh, students being, uh, students come to know more about, uh, about this technology. And uh, once they are in the companies, they will be able to, to use it and uh, apply it. And uh, I believe that future is bright, but we need to be patient uh, with Japan, always, I guess. Yeah, thanks, you, uh, Rishik. I think that was a great conversation, you know, talking about additive manufacturing in the land of the rising sun. And uh, we hope that uh, additive manufacturing also rises to its potential in the country. So and thanks a lot for joining us today. Thanks, Aditya, for, for inviting me. It was a pleasure to talk to you. I hope that it was a, I, I could bring a little bit of my own knowledge to the conversation. This conversation needs to be kept open and uh, needs to be discussed uh, for Japan, for also for other countries uh, in Asia-Pacific region. Thank you for joining this episode of AM Infocast, powered by AM Chronicle. Stay tuned to upcoming episodes as we bring to you conversations with industry experts from across the APAC and the Middle East region.